0: If a brand comes to me and their inspiration is a lot of the work I've done, then I know what they're trying to convey here. If they bring a bunch of stuff that's totally different than what I do, that's where I start to wonder why I'm here and what's the purpose. Am I just this technician? Because anyone can take a picture, anyone can light something, you know, but what makes you as a photographer and as a creative is your vision, right? Like we're talking about. (laughs)
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Blissfully Aware, a podcast about rooting into purpose and exploring your creative process. I'm your host, Iwana Friedman. Jonathan Comboris and I recorded this talk shortly before the coronavirus ramped up and changed everything. It's striking listening to this conversation now because it's so much about shaping a creative business. And so thinking about how these processes might apply to a time like today is a great exercise, because this feels like a different world in so many ways. And there are many nuggets from Jonathan's viewpoint that hold up because he gets to the heart of how art and commerce mix You'll hear him talk about finding his creative voice and how he brings it to the table when he's working with art directors and brand marketers. So it's an eye-opening insight for creators and brand people alike. If you create visual media for commerce, this episode's for you. Jonathan's an award-winning commercial still life photographer and videographer. You may have seen his glossy, saturated images and Wired, the New York Times and campaigns for NARS and Bobby Brown and Coach and so much more. Let's get to it. (laughs) Hey, welcome. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yay. (laughs) So let's say you're at a dinner party and the inevitable question comes up. What do you do, Jonathan?
0: Oh, depends who I'm at the dinner party with, because if I'm at a dinner party with people who are in a totally different world, I have a lot more explaining to do. Mm -hmm. But if you're amongst people who understand the creative field, it's a very comfortable conversation to have. Um, Although you'll be surprised, my in-laws had no idea about my world before I met them and explained it to them. They were very interested in hearing about it. So, you know, I just say I'm a photographer. Mm -hmm. Often I'm a man of few words, so my wife has to kind of nudge me to, explain myself a little bit more so well, then, what does that mean yeah exactly <laughs> what kind of photography weddings I'm like no don't do weddings that's the, <laughs> that's first, the first thing
1: thing that comes up usually
0: it's like oh you so you do weddings I'm
1: interesting like, oh,
0: no, no actually uh, commercial photography
1: mm-hmm. Then I get
0: into beauty cosmetics I can't really say still life to a lot of people because I don't think they get what that means you know
1: do you think their brain goes to painting
0: some people maybe, but I think it's just, oh, what does that mean? And I'm like, oh, yeah, right. That is kind of a vague word to express and explain something. So usually I have to say what I do. I get really specific, you know, beauty, cosmetics, mm-hmm. things that you see in a store, yeah. you know, advertisements or like videos.
1: How did you ever get into that? Oh, Let's talk man. about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I've always loved... Being creative, in high school I was into painting. That was something I loved to do. Texture and just like being abstract and no restraints, just being with a canvas or any object and just painting on it. But then as I was figuring out my next move, going to art school, I didn't know if I really wanted to be in the fine art world. I thought there was something kind of interesting about business and, you know, being creative and how can I merge those two things together. And um, I found photography, you know, I was always interested in that and dabbled that in high school as well. And then photography I found was you could have a studio and you could run it like a business. You could be creative, but also make business decisions and have both those worlds mixed together, you know, art and commerce. I started falling in love with that idea. And I never wanted to be a starving artist and struggle like that, even though being a commercial photographer, there's many struggles that come with that as well. But that's kind of how I started getting into it and uh, assisting, learning how to make a living, going out on my own eventually and jumping into it and seeing what happens. And that's kind of where I am today.
1: You're really approaching your studio as a business. Mm. Like you're really seeing it as you're part of an economy and you're driving it that way, which is pretty amazing. I want to dig into that a little bit later. absolutely. So you collaborate with a lot of brands. What boxes do those brands need to check for you to be open to working with them?
0: Even though I am involved with this idea of business and photography and being creative, the most important thing to me is always getting something out of work that's personal. Because that's how I feel fulfilled and that's something that makes me want to go on in what I'm doing. Getting paid is wonderful. I'm not gonna lie, like that's very important. But if I can get something out of a project for myself, like for me, that almost feels great. In the beginning of my career, I didn't get paid for a lot of editorial jobs that I was doing, but making the work was so fulfilling Mm
1: -hmm. and that's
0: what keeps the ball rolling for me. So I think with brands, it's doing something that I feel that is important to me, that I can feel like I'm getting something out of creatively and that I can collaborate with art directors and the brand in in a way that is self-fulfilling. So I guess that's, you know, the main box that needs to be checked for me.
1: It makes total sense. I love it. Let's bring a little more color to it. Sure. What helps you feel fulfilled when you shoot?
0: I always go back to like the darkroom days of <laughs> developing film. And I'm so happy that I was in a generation where I learned that because it's so important. But when you're in the darkroom and you are developing a print and you see it magically appear, there is no better feeling in the world when you've like exposed properly and seen this magic appear before your eyes. And I relate that to work now when you're like, you know, everything's digital now and the way we shoot and it's like immediate but there's this magic with what you see in reality to what you capture. And that is a similar thing to this dark room world. That's what fulfills me. And that's what keeps me going in this world is that excitement.
1: Yeah, that's such a delicate line to toe on set. Because when I think of working in beauty and still life, there's this idea of perfection that comes up. So how do you chisel out time and space on set for that kind of alchemy to happen.
0: Yeah. That's the big challenge. You know, there's a lot of challenges that happen on set with time also having, depending on the job, having a lot of clients just huddled around you while you're trying to work. And I feel like with photography and light, I have to do something wrong first to find where it's right. If that makes sense. Love it.
1: Yes. And, yes. um, yes,
0: I don't really want a lot of people watching me do things wrong. Uh-huh. Um, so, You know, I've been in this industry for a while now where I feel a little much more confident in myself. So I don't care if someone wants to watch, you know, a wall start to dry as I'm painting it. That's fine. You know, and that's the way I like to see it (laughs) because it's boring, right? It's just hard to kind of mentally block out a lot of what's going on before I want to bring a client into where we're at and not, and not every job's like this. Sometimes I can foam core off my set and be in my own world. And a client's happy to sit and wait until I'm ready to show them where we're at. Other times they really want to be holding hands with me and that's great too. And it's just fun to be in the process together. So it's just, um, to keep your mind focused is a very challenging thing because there's a lot of distractions. And I think that's something you have to work on, on set and find ways and strategies to get where you need to be.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think experimentation needs to happen in order to get to a result that's surprising and excellent. Has anything come up on set with a client that put you in a position to maybe reconsider working with them or anything like that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Most of my jobs are reoccurring clients. So I feel like there's a reason why we're working together so much. But I think that there's just certain people that there's a struggle to kind of connect on set. And, um, they often want you to do things in a certain way that's maybe like, for example, there's uh, inspiration of what we want to capture and it's someone else's work, right? They have as their inspiration and sometimes they want it to be exactly the same way. Mm. And it's really hard because it's, you know, I don't really want to do something exactly like someone else did. And sometimes it's become so literal that it becomes a problem because it's like, we're literally ripping off something that was just done, right?
1: Right, and it's not your voice.
0: Yeah, it's not my voice. So why am I here? You hired me for a specific reason. I understand it's inspiration, and that's great. That's a starting point. Let's lift off and go somewhere with it. And sometimes I feel clients can be a little restrictive and be so literal to that, that we basically are recreating what was already created. And sometimes it's not like the Mona Lisa. It's not like it's this amazing thing to begin with. So to recreate something that's kind of the status quo is a little counterproductive and discouraging. So, yeah. So in situations like that, you know, where I feel like there's a lot of headbutting of how do we explore and how do we make something a little new, still stay on brand, but like, how do we explore something that's going to be thought provoking and interesting and, and relatively fresh and new?
1: You know, that sparks for me is this phenomenon, which I see a lot where brands are employing creatives for their skill set and not their vision. It's mm-hmm. almost like a, they need the technique, right. right? So I think part of what you do very well is towing that line and infusing your vision and the projects that you take on. How did you build out the confidence to do that and stand behind your aesthetic and say, this is the road that I see? us going down? That's a good
0: question. I'm not really sure how I got to this point. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I started off doing a lot of personal work, and that personal work turned into paid work for brands and applying that personal work to a brand. And maybe because I came from that world or that thought process as I grew as a photographer and built a confidence over time that that's why people came back to me. That little vision, you know, little win, you know, not everything is going to be 100% me, but those little moments of me that I can incorporate into projects. And maybe that's how I got to this point. But It's these little stepping stones of growing and you kind of build confidence over every job is like something that builds your confidence to the next level and you grow and move on. And I think yeah. through that growth is how you build a position where you feel strongly about how to bring your vision to a project, but be collaborative at the same time. Yeah. If that makes sense.
1: Do you still shoot personal projects?
0: It's funny. I don't do as many personal projects that are just for me. Every project I work on has some sort of something I want to capture. That's going to be applied to my commercial work. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, but I, I think having children has opened my eyes to a different world. So a lot of my personal work I feel is photographing them or photographing moments with them that I wouldn't share with anyone. And getting into that and going back to that, I think is pulling me, um, you know, like I started like black and white photography, you know, it was all for me. There was nothing I thought I never imagined making a living at it at that time. So everything I did was just what I thought was interesting. So yeah, I definitely feel myself going in that direction, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I have to get into a little bit more. It's hard. It's a juggling act for sure. Everything is. Yeah.
1: Yes. (laughs) Where are you steering the ship? So let's talk about where you're going. What's the destination?
0: (sighs) I don't know. I want to keep the ship just afloat. I'm having a good time. So um, I try not to think that far in advance. I feel like um, I kind of get off target when I start thinking really far in advance. Right now, it's just really about producing work and growing as a photographer and kind of taking, you know, short everyday, you know, day by day sort of moments and and thinking about the near future rather than the long term future. But of course, obviously having a business and trying to steer, I want to make sure my business can be a part of this ever changing creative world we live in. And that's where I've gotten more into video work. I think that's been an important part in making sure that this business and being relevant in this world and being able to continue to contribute to what creatives want has been really important. So that's been the last two years, really. It's been a huge growth for me. And um, so I guess that's where I'm going in that direction where I can give clients, you know, moving image as well as still images, whereas before I was primarily just in the still world.
1: Yeah. Does the video work fulfill your purpose? It Going does. back to that.
0: Yeah, it does. I think it does. It's different. It's a very different approach. You know, with stills, um, you really are focusing on that moment. There's this perfection that has to be because you can stare at it forever. So you really look at all these things you want to change or how you want to perfect it. Whereas video, um, it's really more about the story that's happening and how one image goes to the next in a moving way. So the approach is a little different. So it fulfills me in a different way in a way that I guess I didn't realize. But it's just that's the part of growing, you know, you kind of learn new things. So I'm learning more about myself and learning what I want to do and maybe what I don't want to do. So,
1: yes. Yeah, you got to open up that door and peek in to figure out if it's you or if it's not.
0: Right, right. And I'm trying to make it me. And I think so far I've been able to kind of have my still work and my video work feel cohesive and feel like it's coming from the same person, which was something I was really concerned about. Mm -hmm. If I could make the quality in the video be the same as my still and how those would live together. So, um, it translates. Yeah. And I feel like that's what the goal is and what I work hard at is to keep it cohesive. So I'm making progress. I'm getting there, which feels good.
1: You mentioned perfection. What's your relationship with perfection?
0: I feel like it's a funny word to say perfection because I, you know, coming from a still life world, and I think if you ask any still life photographer, there is no perfection. You're constantly ripping apart what you see in front of you. And most people will not see what you see to that scrutiny. So perfection is challenging because there's a certain point where you just have to let it go. And knowing when to let it go, I think that's how you perfect it. Because I feel like it never will be perfect in your eyes. But just understanding when it's good enough, when this is a point where I feel like it can be released and then move on. Beautiful. Yeah. So (laughs) it's taken a while to really understand that frustration
1: and (laughs) how to get
0: there, you know, just beating yourself up over things. But I feel like I've gotten to a point now where I can feel comfortable with that.
1: So do you think this is about being able to see the bigger picture in a way and not to like undervalue the importance of the campaign that you're working on, but like being able to say, this is one photo out of an entire arc in my career, I can ship it because there's more to come. And understandably, there's also growth to come.
0: Right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like, I guess that's where you feel very vulnerable, to bring up that word. And what we're talking about is, um, you know, it's so personal what you're putting into something. So especially with a still image, no one's going to know all the challenges you had to put into it. All they see is what it is. So Mm. if I don't feel a certain way about it, I feel very vulnerable. I feel like it gets judged to this extent and it can continue to be judged because it's a still image. It's just sitting there for everyone to pick apart and rip apart. So I don't Mm -hmm. want anyone to see my mistakes, you know, and it happens. Sometimes there's things that you just totally overlooked, or things that you feel like you should have done differently. So, but yes, I think it's important, especially in the commercial world, and why I like the commercial world versus the final world is I really have a hard time working on the same project over the course of you know months or a year. Like I really prefer working on smaller projects where I'm I'm done shooting with it, I can release it and be done with it and move on to the next. And that's where this sort of excitement is for me, where it's like on to the next rather than keeping myself locked into the same challenge and I, I don't think I could exist in that world because I would just I don't think I would produce anything I would constantly just <laughs> be you know turning in circles you know whereas in the commercial world I kind of am forced to there's a deadline it has to get done like we have to move on mm-hmm. client needs it so
1: yeah yeah I totally hear you <laughs> how do you filter through feedback do you get feedback at any stage in your process
0: I guess on set, yes. So if there's something that needs to be tweaked or changed, and, and that's where I really enjoy the collaboration with an art director because there's so much happening on set. You know, there's so many things that I'm trying to accomplish and make sure I keep track of that. You kind of lose track of certain things. We're having a really talented art director to kind of bring your attention to something that's important that maybe you could have missed and moved past. So in that sense, I, I like to call that collaboration yeah, on yeah. set, you know, if that makes sense. Um,
1: I would too, actually. Yeah, so I actually
0: embrace it. I really enjoy it. I think it's important because um, there's so much second guessing you can do by yourself where um, when you're collaborating with someone, they kind of, it's a different fresh viewpoint where they could bring something to your attention that you didn't maybe look at or think about and that really can keep the project and keep everything going in a really smooth way. So um, yeah, I think it's super important and I I Mm -hmm. enjoy it to a certain extent.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If it's done in collaboration, I see it as Mm co-creation. But feedback can be synthesized, right? We don't have to take in and apply every reaction. And that's when it comes back to like mapping the feedback back to your vision Mm -hmm. as a creative and say, okay, does this ladder up with what I want to say as a human on this planet? Or does it not? Because if it doesn't, then, you know, it can take the backseat.
0: Yeah, I think that's the interesting part of working with brands is I think some of this stuff can be so subjective mm-hmm. and there could be, you know, you and an art director, or creative director could love something, but then it goes to whoever is at the top and there's a, something totally different from a different standpoint that they're seeing things and maybe that's where there's a problem yeah. in the way in which it doesn't represent the brand in the way or it's not taking them in the direction. But it's easier for me to take a step back because typically that's what happens, right? And it's easier for me to take a step back and not be too concerned about it because it's it's something that's kind of out of my hands, if that makes sense. Yes. It, it becomes a whole different world and a totally different argument. And I, you know, and by that time, usually I'm on to the next project. So, right. Um, but yeah, that's part of the game. That's part of, you know, art and commerce mixing together, being creative and also being able to represent a brand and what they want and yeah. staying on point for both of those is the challenge.
1: It's a tricky thing to balance your visual style with that of a brand and where do you end and they begin and all of that. Right. So do you feel that internal tension when you decide to take on a job or not? Like when you're presented with a brief, what is that internal dialogue that, you know, makes you say, yes, this feels like it could be something that I could do in my own voice or not?
0: There's a few things. I think if a brand comes to me and their inspiration is a lot of the work I've done, then I know what they're trying to convey here. If they bring a bunch of stuff that's totally different than what I do, that's where I start to wonder why I'm here Mm -hmm. um, and what's the purpose. Am I just this technician? Because anyone... Can yeah. take a picture. Anyone can light something, you know. But they're what makes you as a photographer and as a creative is your vision, right? Like we're talking about. So that's where I get a little concerned with projects if it's something that seems very different than what my approach would be, mm-hmm. and I wonder how I got into this mix. But at the same time, <laughs> I got to make a living, right? <laughs> so it's like you're trying to no, make that, this. How do you? How do you make this happen? And
1: like, how did I end up on your shortlist? Yeah. Dude? Right. Right.
0: Where Where did this come from? Um. But you know, that's just one of the juggles, one of the challenges and, and making it all work. And, and often it does happen from time to time and everything usually one way or another, everything works out, and, mm-hmm. but it, you know, you feel a little bit more unsure of your role when you're working with a client in that way. Whereas when they come to you with inspiration of stuff that you've photographed or that's your vision, then you really know, you know where their mind is and you know, I know how to approach a project and how I can fulfill myself, but also fulfill the brand and the client and what their expectations are.
1: Yeah. And you're seen like yeah. there's an understanding that somebody on the brand side, on the company side, did the research and understands that you are the go to person for right. this project. You have a good counterpart. Oh, yeah. Right.
0: But there's another side to it, too. I have friends who work at brands and like, oh, yeah, we used all of your work as inspiration for our next <laughs> campaign, but they didn't contact me for it. So it's just so it it's happened. Like, what the fuck? So, so I'm why like, not? what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> why did I, what's going on here? Exactly. That's just part of the game as well. It's the way it is.
1: This is such good education for people like on the brand side to learn how to work with creatives because we're definitely more than technicians. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I want to learn more about your business because there are a lot of creatives who listen to this podcast as well as brand people. What is one big lesson that sticks with you that you've picked up? Let's start with one. You can go into more. There's
0: a few. Someone once told me the most important thing in your photography is to always pay yourself first. And I think that's really important because (laughs) there's a lot of bills to be paid when you're juggling a studio and project. And you know, once that check comes in, how you divvy up and where you have to pay back people. And I think it's important that you always keep a section of that for yourself. Mm -hmm. Whether you want to reinvest that in your business is up to you how you work it, but make sure you give yourself a paycheck. Because in the beginning of my career, you know, I was very naive and definitely got myself in a tough situation where I wasn't doing that. And you can fall down a hole really fast and that could potentially be the end of your business. Mm -hmm. So that always stuck with me since day one, pay yourself first. And if you can't pay yourself first, it's going to be very difficult to pay anyone else. So it's important to keep that going. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) You got to be sustainable. Yeah, exactly. What else?
0: From a creative side, which goes back to the vision was to take what you love to do, whatever it is you want to photograph, those personal visions and apply to the commercial world. If you want to be a commercial photographer, obviously.
1: What is that for you?
0: You know, I started off being more interested in portraiture and I was interning for a portrait photographer and I come to find out that I was a very terrible portrait photographer. Good. Yeah. And and I didn't know it at the time, but for some reason I just really wanted to be in portrait photography, but I really didn't have the personality or, you know, relationship you need to capture with people. And I guess I, I don't have that with people, but I have it with objects so I take portraits of objects now. And I feel like that's where the connection is. And I think from when he was explaining things to me, he could tell that I had a relationship with photographing mundane things that weren't very interesting to most, but it became very interesting in the photographic work that I was producing. Um, and that kind of turned my head into a different direction. That's kind of how I got into still Life and realizing that this is a thing.
1: That must have felt so good.
0: Not at the time. I was devastated. <laughs> okay. I felt awful. Like I thought portraiture was my thing and I really wanted to get into it and, you know, photograph musicians mm. and people. And um, But it's true, like connection wasn't there. You know, I could have worked at it. I'm sure it would have been fine, but I think that was eye-opening.
1: So when you started photographing objects, did that feel good?
0: It did. I really enjoyed being in the studio and having the time to explore a shape and light, what it did and how it worked together. And I feel like with uh, people and it's more about a moment, the connection you're having, that sort of a relationship, you know, you didn't have the time to really study the light in the same way because it's a split second, it's gone. Mm -hmm. But with objects, I, you know, I could, dedicate that time and really explore and see and watch it evolve. And going back to that dark room moment and watching it magically appear in front of me. That felt very good. I felt at home. It was like, you know, slipping on your shoes and just going for a walk.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know many people who can say that about their jobs, like in general.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, feel very blessed to be able to do something that I love every day. Every day is different. Sometimes I feel a bit guilty. Why? Because it's, I'm so lucky, I guess. So it's just an enjoyable thing and being able to express yourself creatively and make a living doing it to achieve that is something that, yeah, you're a lucky person to be able to do that.
1: Do you feel like you're fulfilling your purpose through your work?
0: Yeah, I think so. But you got to keep it going. That's the thing. So, because I feel like you can lose it too. But yeah, I'm loving it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) How do you keep the ball rolling?
0: you know every job there's a new challenge i think the excitement of a new challenge is what keeps me engaged and keeps me excited being a freelance photographer you know i don't work for a specific company so there's this excitement of marketing for me and you know new work that i produce and who wants to see it and You know, I got hired to do something that was so out of what I usually do, but it was from work that was in the cosmetic world, but it became a conceptual project that was totally different. So that was like really a new challenge. And like, so it's all these new things that come, you know, no days the same. And that keeps me moving along and excited. And I think if you're excited about what you do, you're going to work hard at it. And when you're working hard at and excited, there's going to be some sort of a success one way or another. And that's kind of this snowballing effect that's going on.
1: Yeah, it's a feedback loop. Yeah. All right. One last question before we wind down, unless there's something else that I haven't asked you that you want to chat about. So the podcast is called Blissfully Aware. What does awareness mean to you?
0: Ooh, being aware of who you are and, you know, your purpose of why you're doing this. Because I think it's very easy to fall into this sort of conditioning of recycling the same thing over and over Mm -hmm. again and being aware of who you are in this industry and what you want to achieve. Because, you know, we only have one life. We only have one moment to be here and do something that's important and fulfilling. That's what it means to me, making sure that at the end of the day that I feel for the most part good about what I did and happy about moving along and pushing forward in the career and every day is different. And some days I don't feel that way, but I think as a whole, if I look at a year, you know, if I look at this past year as a whole, I feel very happy about what I was able to produce and I feel very excited about what's going to come up. That's what it means to me.
1: It's almost like going back to center with what's important to you and making sure that whatever you do professionally is calibrated to that.
0: Right, right. And I think, something that's interesting with social media, you know, Instagram and things like that are such an important way to market. And so much emphasis can get put on posting an image that you feel great about and then obsessing about what kind of feedback you get on it and really separating yourself from that is Mm -hmm. something that I found hard, but getting distracted in that world is, it's really counterproductive in a lot of ways. I know there's a lot of great things about social media, especially in photography, um, because it really highlights visuals, but really keeping yourself separate from that and knowing yourself and what you feel good about versus what someone's going to like or... How many followers you get because of it is totally different. They're two different things.
1: It shouldn't be quantifiable in that way.
0: And it's easy to feel that way. So that's another way of, you know, the awareness of who you are and what your importance is. And know that if you feel good about something, it doesn't matter. You could have zero likes, right? If you feel 100% solid behind it, it doesn't make a difference what anyone else thinks.
1: Yeah. And it goes back to filtering feedback. Yes. Like what do you take in and what do you not? Right this is a big one, especially in light of, you know, mental health and oh, yeah. the wellness of your business. Right, You can't possibly hang on to what Instagram right. collective says about your work. If you're going to move forward and build out.
0: Right, right. It's important, I think, to keep your work out there and keep looking forward, you know, and not really getting preoccupied with all the busyness mm-hmm. and, um, regurgitation of visuals and all this stuff that just obsesses your life.
1: Oh my God. You said regurgitation. <laughs> you, no, no, no. What sparks with me is there are over 4 billion people uploading stuff to the crazy. internet every single day. Right. Wow. That's insanity. I never right? even thought of it in a, in a so, number. Yeah. That's when you crazy. think about <laughs> that and the responsibility that we have as people right. to you know each other, Then it really makes you think twice or thrice about what you upload and what you say. Absolutely. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to cover?
0: We talked about a lot of good stuff, I think.
1: I feel good. Excellent. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, Thanks for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Blissfully Aware is produced by The Daring, a creative consultancy and transformation partner to purposeful entrepreneurs and organizations. Our theme music is by Ben Tyree, and you can get in touch by emailing info at thedaring.co. I'd love your feedback, your topic ideas, your guest ideas. And if you enjoy the show, please leave a review so that other people in our cohort might find it. And I'll see you back here in two weeks. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs)